0: Want a job where you can use your talents, make a difference, and have the freedom of remote work? Then meet Belay. Belay has contractor opportunities for proven professionals, providing administrative support and social media strategy to fast-paced organizations throughout the United States, all from your home. To learn more, just visit belaysolutions.com jobs to apply. That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com jobs.
1: Hey, gals. Welcome back to the week of Working Gals Guide. Thanks for tuning in again for another episode. I am so happy that you're here. I do want to say a quick thank you as well to everyone that is sending all that positive feedback. So many of you are writing in saying that a lot of the episodes and a lot of the guests have been inspiring you, which is ultimately the goal of the podcast. So I'm so happy that it's helping. I'm so happy that it's working. I do want to say as well, if you have any suggestions for types of industries that you want me to go and find people in, types of roles, types of jobs, um, really anything at all, just let me know. And I will do my best to go out and find those type of gals to come onto the podcast. And that way you get some insight into those roles, into those industries and, you know, everything you need to know. But yeah, so thank you again so much for everyone that has given so much positive feedback. I am loving it. Um, I hope everyone's had a great week, whether you've been working or if you're on a job search right now, or if you're just chilling, you know, doing your own thing. I I do want to say I, I've been so happy, um, you know, lately with my work. And I do think a big part of that is, again, the you know me being able to go out and have this podcast and have basically quote unquote a side hustle i do recommend to anyone that is looking to start a side hustle maybe has even an inkling of motivation just go out and start it for me i do think it's been an incredible creative outlet that really has helped my actual career my 9 to 5 um and i think the way it's been helping is because i become a better conversationalist i am even just a tad bit more confident talking to people as well my job of course um you know it, it's very people facing my 9 to 5 so i'm talking to people all day long anyways so i feel like i was very confident to to start with but still i feel from doing this podcast i'm getting better and better just kind of exercising those skills a bit extra over and atop basically my my 9 to 5 so I do think it's helping a lot. It's also just a nice thing to to do on the side. I'll say um, again, it's always nice uh, for the ego when you get the positive feedback. So I do have a lot of people writing to me saying, "Hey, I'm thinking of starting a side hustle, whether it be a podcast. Some people are saying a YouTube, others, you know, just saying their own company. They want to do a branding or graphic design company, make some money. And you know, my my suggestion is just start. You'll figure it out along the way, and you know, there's going to be bumps in the road, but needless to say, you'll get through it if you are motivated and you are determined. And there's so many people to turn to with questions and for you to go and get advice from. Myself being one, of course, if you're looking to start a podcast, just reach out to me. Of course, any of the lovely guests that we've had on, a lot of them have had their own businesses or side hustles or just basically their own brands, I'll say as well. So of course, all of those individuals are happy to help you out in any way I know. So definitely reach out to them as well. Speaking of side hustles, I am excited, excited, excited to announce today's guest, who is Aaliyah Funshell. She is everything and everything and everything. I am so excited that I got to talk with her and chat with her. She actually inspired me in the 30 or 40 minutes that we chatted for I literally left the conversation and told my sister, told my dad, told my mom, oh my gosh, I interviewed this amazing girl named Aaliyah and told them her whole story. And to be honest, I was just so excited from talking to her. So the reason I said speaking of side hustles is because Aaliyah does have her own side hustle, which happens to be a talk show. So she actually started her own sports talk show she does um, a lot of interviews with athletes in her state of Kansas, a lot of Division One athletes um, in different sports, including basketball. She also interviews other people in the sports industry, um, you know, people like agents, coaches, all of that. So she'll have them on her talk show, which she started herself, which is incredible. She'll talk you through that entire journey of starting it and where the motivation came from. She's also an aspiring sports reporter, and she actually does report on sports already for her university, and she'll talk to you again through all of that as well. So really, she does touch on everything to do with sports reporting, um, again, her talk show as well. It's a great episode. She really does share a lot of tips. She goes pretty deep into, um, again, the motivations behind why she started these and where her passion came from. She also talks about the day to day kind of duties and responsibilities of a sports reporter, which I think for anyone interested in going into reporting, even if it's not sports, maybe it's politics, maybe it's pop culture, I think it's also a good thing to listen to. I think that it'll definitely help you get an idea of what that job would be like. So I definitely highly recommend staying tuned to the episode. Um, Aliyah gives a lot of great information in there, so I am so excited for today's episode. Again, I know I've said the word excited probably seven thousand times, but it truly is the way that I want to describe this episode. So, without further ado, thanks for joining, and. Um, You know, if you're enjoying the podcast in general, you're enjoying the episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide. And of course, if you're listening on Apple, give us a happy five-star review if you feel so inclined and of course, a good written review as well. Um, Again, if you feel so inclined and you really are enjoying. But yeah, without further ado, here's today's episode with Aliyah. Thanks for joining. Hey guys, welcome back to the Working Gals Guide podcast and you know the deal, I'm here to interview people in all different careers, all different industries and chat about their journey and how they got there. I'm really here to help you get inspired and really help you find your dream job as well. So welcome to our podcast and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Hey, gals. Welcome back. I'm here today with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on. So it's a good day. Yes, I'm so excited too. And for everyone, I need you to go follow Aaliyah's social media immediately because I love her page. Um, oh, I usually thank you. people at the end to plug their Instagram, but I want you to plug it right now so they can pause this and go look.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so my Instagram is funshell18. So my last name is funshell. It's very unique. Um, so that's F-U-N as in fun and then S-C-H-E-L-L-E 18.
1: I love it. Um, what's your ethnicity? Like where is your last name from? So my last name was
0: actually made up um, at Ellis Island when my, when my great grandparents um, came here, they were fleeing the Holocaust, you know, all of that because we're Jewish. Um, Mm -hmm. They literally were just trying to make a more Americanized last name, but it does not sound American. (laughs) So people are always like fun shell. And it's crazy because we're the only ones with that last
1: name. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely unique. Yeah, that's kind of nice, though. I mean, it's like a nice ring to it. I mean, it's awesome. Are you? You're not in Thank New York you. right now, though. Are you? No. New York so,
0: originally? Okay. So I am from New York originally, but we moved to Wichita, Kansas, when I was a baby. Hmm. So both sides, both my mom and my dad, uh, and all of their family, they're all from New York, and then a lot of us live here in Wichita now. So. I'm in Wichita right now, and I've always just loved New York. I've always loved when we go back and
1: visited, so I've always felt like a true New York City girl. I love that. Yeah, I love New York as well. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I feel like there's such a vibe in New York. You just want to work hard. If you're like a girl boss, that's like the place you want to be, so I definitely feel you on that one, Um, but before we get much further in, can you introduce yourself, give us a bit of a background on you, what you do, all of that?
0: So okay, my name's Aaliyah Funchal. Like we've already been over, yes. but um, <laughs> I just graduated with my undergraduate degree um, from Wichita State University. It's just a local college, D1. Um, with my undergrad is in sports management with a minor in communication. But then, so I graduated in May, and I will be starting my master's at Columbia University, sports management in the fall.
1: That's amazing. So, I also. Love
0: that thank you. I forgot to add. I'm a sports reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my own talk show, which I know we'll touch on. And I just like reporting sports, but not being very boring and always talking about the sports. I try to make it sports entertainment Mm -hmm. instead of just sports reporting. Oh, same old, same old. So I really try to add an entertainment aspect to what I do.
1: Interesting. So how do you define sports entertainment over just sports reporting? Like what's the difference to you?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, to me, I've definitely, I'm a very business minded person. So I love seeing trends in the industry or trying to spot trends before they really become trends, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of like people like the very informal, oh, I'm hopping on my Instagram story to give you a behind the scenes of what a game day looks like. Or um, here's what happens at a press conference in between when the coach comes and the players come. So a lot of behind the scenes are things that people don't usually see if they watch the game because I'm like, anyone can watch a game. I mean, Wichita State basketball is always on ESPN or CBS Sports, so anyone can watch it. What can I add to it? And then when I have media day with the players, I always like to do very, very fun things to get to know them. I'll ask them crazy questions and they just just feel very relaxed. So one time I had them, they did the Fortnite dances out of nowhere, mid-interview. And I was like, where did that come from? That's so cool. (laughs) But people loved it. So um, definitely adding, adding value and add, because it's such a saturated industry now with Twitter and anyone can post score updates. So it's like, okay, how can I use my job title, my credentials, anything just to kind of have a leg up on everyone else and to make it fun for people to watch.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because I feel like, you know, a lot of industries are very saturated, not just the sports reporting industry. That's very common across a lot of places, even social media, mm-hmm. entertainment reporting with politics. Um, you, you know, everything that we look at, it's very saturated nowadays, especially with the platforms we have, YouTube, mm-hmm. podcasting, anyone can be a podcaster, anyone can really do anything they want. So, yeah, that you've been able to find a niche and elevate you know, something that was pretty stagnant for a while. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. it's working out really well. So thank that's you. Great. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. it. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about your decision to go into sports reporting and sports broadcasting. So when you're in high school, were you always really into sports? Have you always been someone that played sports yourself? Like, how'd you get into this? How did it become a passion?
0: Yeah, so I've always played sports, and my family's a big sports family, my dad's a big basketball guy, so I've always grown up playing sports, and I've always grown up as a people person, so um, I never really, I never had it pinpointed down where I'm like, I want to be a sports reporter when I grow up, I always thought, first I wanted to be an actress, so at least I'm, like, I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable being in front, of, like, being in the spotlight, so mm-hmm. to say, but um then I thought, okay, well, I'm really good at business, so I'm, I have to go into business. I need to go into marketing. And then I was always on the yearbook staff, on the news magazine staff, and the broadcast staff in middle school and high school. And so I kind of just fell into sports reporting because I'm like, wait, I'm taking everything I'm good at and trying to put it into one. And it all started when my dad told me he was like, Aaliyah, I know you're good at business, but you don't love it. So mm-hmm. I'd much rather you be doing something that you love than and maybe not making as much money or not know exactly where to go with it than to be doing something that's so black and white where you'll make money, but you won't be as happy doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I knew I wanted to be kind of in journalism. And then I realized that, you know, I I love sports. That's my calling. And I don't really like, I mean, I follow politics to be an (laughs) informed voter, but I don't like it enough to be the ones reporting on it or, and I don't like just regular news. Mm-hmm. And reporting on crime or fires or anything that happens in the news. So that's where I really narrowed it down and I'm like sports reporting is definitely my calling.
1: That's awesome. And um I mean I'm curious too because I feel like we grew up watching a lot of sports as well in my household, but it was mostly males reporting on sports, mostly males even writing articles about it. Cause again, mm-hmm. being a very sports family myself, like I used to be online on TSN, ESPN, reading the blogs every day you know, keeping it, you know, keeping caught up. And again, it was very male dominated in a lot of senses. So was it ever a hesitation for you? Were you ever nervous about that thinking, hey, can I actually make it in here? Or did you just kind of go in thinking, hey, I'm such a girl boss, I know I'm going to do well. And you know, you, you're killing it right now. So first, of all, Thank good you. that. but what Thank was your you. thoughts kind of going into it?
0: Yeah, I've always been a super a positive person so I didn't I don't like to try to have things hold me back but mm. I was very now looking back on it very fortunate when I was living through it I felt like the world was ending but mm. very fortunate to go through some gender discrimination very early on I'm talking freshman year of college my first year really as a sports reporter mm. facing a very toxic work environment and facing some gender discrimination but I really found my voice by going through that and I'm like, you know what, I know how to spot it. And that's important too, is no, like knowing when to spot that things are happening a certain way just because of that you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned how to spot it and deal with it and be very outspoken about, no, this is not right. This is, I need this. This is my list of demands, like everything like that early on. And when I was going through it, I was very hesitant at first to just straight mm-hmm. up confront them about it. And so I have my mom to thank for that because my mom is very, very confident and bold and unapologetic. So I had her to help hype me up and then I'd walk into the office and be like, no, this is not okay what you're doing. And so that definitely when I was going through it, I was like, am I really trying to be in this industry with all of this happening? And I'm, I'm only 18, 19 years old, but Ever since then, anytime I spot it early, I know how to put a stop to it. And I also know how to stand up for myself so that if they see, oh, okay, she doesn't put up with this kind of crap, then they're honestly less likely likely to even do it in the first place because I am very, very outspoken and very confident now, thanks to just an instance that I went through my freshman year.
1: Yeah, no, and first of all, my heart breaks knowing that you had to go through that. Um, so first of all, I'm sorry, but I mean, as you said, you came out stronger. You've come mm-hmm. out with a lot more knowledge on the situation. Like you said, the most important thing is knowing how to identify it and feeling confident that you can go to someone and express how you feel and educate them on why it made you feel a certain way, why it's wrong. So yeah. that's huge. And I think the bigger picture thing here too is every time a woman feels that way but is able to say something it really does help every other you know, lady or woman following mm-hmm. them in that path because now those people that did act a certain way, they're hopefully not going to do it again. Hopefully they know it's the wrong type of action to take. So mm-hmm. you know, first of all, you know, again, I'm sorry you had to go through it, but I'm happy that you've helped anyone else coming behind you who maybe is going to be working at that company or in that role.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's I definitely agree. So thank you for that. But yeah, anytime that I feel like that's honestly what got me through it is like hopefully this won't happen to another girl. Like mm-hmm. I will be the one to finally put an end to it. So mm-hmm.
1: thank you for saying that. Of course, of course. Um but yeah, so sports reporting, I mean, for anyone listening who isn't quite sure what a sports reporter is, do you mind just breaking that down for us day to day? What are your role?
0: So this is kind of new because um I, I did work for a newspaper. I've worked for, um, I haven't worked for a TV station yet, like the local news, but I'm around them all the time. I actually branched out and made my own brand, sports reporting brand. So it's all digital. It's online, which is where people find a lot of success nowadays with YouTubers, TikTokers. So I know that there's a market for it. So basically, I do a mixture between what a newspaper reporter would do and what you would see on the daily news. So I will go to games um, and do a write-up. So I do live tweeting. That's really big, just tweeting about what's going on and updates and then um, and just kind of story tell. And I do love the day-to-day games and everything, but my calling with sports reporting is to be a reporter that likes to get the full story because there's people that will do score updates or something very small. But I like to be the one that was like, let's get to know the athlete or the coach. Let's spend 30 minutes learning from them. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, kind of where the talk show aspect comes in, which isn't what a typical sports reporter would do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm like, I don't want to be just a typical sports reporter. I do love posting clips from press conferences or clips from the game or throwing together a one minute recap of what happened in the game. But I really do like to be in depth and so, um, yeah, a typical sports reporter is just someone that um, gives updates and reports and story tells, um, but I definitely want to be more so of an interviewer, a sports interviewer, mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. host, than just a sports reporter.
1: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I know you mentioned your talk show, which I think is the coolest thing. I mean, for myself, Thank you. I think that's my dream job is being a talk show host. I don't know for mm-hmm. what, but I love watching all the morning talk shows and You know, for me, that's exciting. I, I've been to New York a few times and, um, I love just going and sitting in the audience, which I know is Mm -hmm. such a touristy thing to do. Everyone's probably like (laughs) rolling their eyes right now, but that's fun. I love that. Yeah. But yeah. Tell us about your talk show. What's that like? What kind of guests do you have on?
0: Yeah. So it all started actually as a podcast. Um, I thought podcasting would be my thing and I had a co-host and then, um, We would have random people or just talk all the time. And that didn't last that long because school got in the way. And then I was a student and a sports reporter. So I'd be traveling, covering the teams and then having school and she would have school and it just kind of fell off. And I liked podcasting a lot and I honestly could see myself doing it again. But um, I'm really, I didn't have a lot of on camera sports reporting experience at my school. They didn't really have anywhere for me to do it. No jobs or no clubs so I'm like, how can I get on-camera experience? Because that's what I really needed because I do want to be on camera. I don't want to just be writing for a newspaper. Um, I would eventually love to be on like ESPN or something. But you need on-camera experience to even get looked at. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very fortunate that my school has a new program. Um, it's called Media Arts. So it's for filmmakers or claymation, people that want to like, do that really cool area of media art. And they have the biggest film studio in the US or in the Midwest, sorry, oh, wow. um, at their disposal, and all of this equipment that students can use. So I took a media arts class, and I was like, I have a studio space for free if I want it in cameras. So it all started when this guy that I became friends with through just um, going to games said, My brother is going to be in the NBA draft. Can you help get his name out there? He's really shy. And I go, Yeah, of course. And he's like, "Yeah, maybe you can interview him on your podcast." And I was like, "What if I interviewed him on camera?" And so I kind of um, had a couple of my classmates just help me set up the cameras. And at first, I thought it was just going to be a a one-time thing, like Mm -hmm. on-camera interview for both of us and see how it goes. And I had like two black chairs. And then my mom comes to the studio the day we're recording, and she goes, "No, that does not look good." (laughs) My mom is my momager; we are the same person. I spoke about her earlier, but. She is the mastermind behind a lot of what I do. I love it. And so she gets in and she's like, oh no, this does not look like a real set. And I'm like, oh, so we're calling it a set now. Yes. And so we, we found these two like wicker chairs and like a few pillows and set it up and it looked really good. And then since then we added like a rug, a flower thing anyways. Um, so that's how it kind of started was just, oh, I was a podcaster and I really needed on camera experience. And then it turned into a thing where people were like, okay, this is great. When's the next one? And I was like, next one? I I (laughs) thought this was a one-time thing. And so I realized it was doable. And so I started, I already had a very big following here in Wichita because there aren't a lot of people out here doing what I do because I would cover Wichita State. I would cover any local sports and it's very time consuming, but it helped me get my name out there. So I had a good rapport with a lot of people in the sports industry. So then... Next guest, I get a a sports agent that's from Wichita and does stuff in the Dallas area. And then the next one, I get an athlete. And then I just keep pulling anyone that's kind of involved in the sports industry and interview them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just hyper-focused on athletes and coaches, even though I love them. They'll always be my favorite people to interview. But anything that's related to sports, I love because I'm very business-minded. So I liked having a sports agent on. Or I had a girl that is a bodybuilder, like NPC bikini competitor and people won't ever really be like oh that's an athlete but I'm like it is it's a sport and it's very mentally tough and people need to know about it Mm -hmm. so I just really didn't want to narrow it down and be forced myself just to do athletes and coaches so I really had to think outside of the box and so now I'm like yeah if you're somehow connected to the sports industry I'll talk to you let's have a conversation so that's what it turned into and then um, they're pretty long episodes, but um and I know a lot of people don't have a long attention span, but I feel like if they know the person or are interested in the subject, mm-hmm. they'll watch the whole thing. If not, I also like will post two minute clips at a time on Twitter or on Instagram so that people that don't want to watch the full 30 minutes can see the most interesting parts and I'll mm-hmm. have content for weeks to pull from the thirty minute interview. Yeah. So that's definitely. kind of because I did have someone say, Oh, like why do you make them so long? And I'm like, Well, we just get to talking and there's so much good content, I don't want to cut it out. So I'll yeah. post the full mm-hmm. thing. If people want to watch it, they will. And then I'll just take the best bits and pieces and post those as well.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I love the journey that you took. And it was kind of unexpected that you, you know, had this set around, you were able to actually make this a real talk show, but it seems mm-hmm. incredibly legit. I will put it that way. I mean, <laughs> I looked at you. it, I, watched, I was like, she knows what she's doing. I mean, I cannot
0: <laughs> Thank you. express.
1: If you got if anyone listening has not listened or watched Aaliyah's talk show, go do it on YouTube. The link's there in her Instagram. So just Thank go do you. it. Um no, it's Thank awesome. You. It's great. And I love the I love how you're also understanding what the viewers want. Okay, some people mm-hmm. want a 30-minute video. They're gonna sit down and watch it and eat cereal at the same time. Other people <laughs> want to you know watch the two minute clip on Instagram you're going to do that too so you know knowing mm-hmm. your audience is huge and I love that again you also have a variety of people on again you know females males sports broad, I mean sorry sports agents the actual mm-hmm. athletes coaches I think it's always good to have a good mixture it really changes yeah. things up it keeps it very interesting so yeah it's awesome I think it's going to go Thank far. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Of course. Um but I'm interested as well. So you have these people come on your show. What's the mm-hmm. actual process like to prep for an interview? So you have to write your own questions? Do you have to take care of lighting, um, you know, all of that? What's that process like? So,
0: okay, it's kind of crazy because um well, first of all, I'll just talk about getting them on my show. So like I said, I usually have a lot of these people on Speed Dial or like on mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter. So getting a hold of them to actually want to come on my show isn't that hard because people will always say to me in passing, Oh, let me come on your show. Mm -hmm. So I always have a pool of people to choose from. The thing is, is getting the studio is so sporadic that like last week I recorded and I didn't know I had the studio booked until Thursday and I recorded Friday. Mm -hmm. So it was like, Oh, I need people now. But thankfully a lot of people in the sports industry are used to things being very last second because things are always changing. So I always like, I'll get the guests. I will book the studio. I have a guy, Nathan, that will help me set up. He makes documentaries. He's a student as well. Um, and so he will help. I will get to the studio early that day. And even though I I would love to be the diva that just shows up full glam and in my outfit and just sit down and interview, that's not the case, but I feel like it helps build character. So um, and I don't mind it. So I will I will move the furniture with him, I'll help set up the lighting and the cameras, and it's a whole production. We have three cameras one wide shot, one on me and one on my guest, Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of lighting, two chairs, a rug, a bunch of little small details put together, and microphones, so I'll help them set up, then I'll go back to my little dressing room area, and um, then I'll get ready, and then when the guest comes in, usually my mom will meet them in the hallway, because the studio I record at is huge, and people don't know it even exists, they'll be like, I never knew this was here, Mm -hmm. and so my mom will find them, bring them in the studio. I will introduce them to the camera crew, which is usually just Nathan. And then I will give them a rundown of, this is your seat, this is what camera you look into, if you wanna talk directly to the audience, or you can look at me. Um, and then kind of just get them comfortable and kind of give them an outline. I don't have one, I'm not as, a uh, am kind of as put together as you or you like typed out an outlining. I gotta see it. But I just tell them like, where I kind of want the interview to go But the craziest thing is that a lot of people get so surprised when I tell them I never write down questions ever Um, because uh, my talk show is very conversational. And the very first episode I did where I told you I was just going to interview this guy, I wrote down so many questions. It was Mm -hmm. so choppy. I would stop after every question and be like, okay, what should I ask? Mm -hmm. And I, one, it's hard to edit and two, it just doesn't seem natural. And so um, I will obviously like, I will know the person I'm interviewing or sometimes I'll meet that person that day, but Mm -hmm. I'll know enough about them to know kind of where I want the conversation to go. But usually um, I actively listen to what they're saying and think of where I could take the conversation from what they're saying to a different aspect. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of follow the conversation, see which way it moves. And that's how I interview. So I don't come up with questions. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I do all of the editing because I feel like it's important that I'm still establishing myself and what I want my brand to look like. I think if I really want to have complete control, I should do the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I would love to hand it over to someone and be like, edit this for me. I do have a very certain um, way I like to have it look. And I figured it it's better for me to put in the hard work now and really get my brand to look consistent throughout everything I post because I'll do a lot of pop-ups like if someone says yeah in third grade I was on this team I'll, I'll literally go and dig and find a picture from third grade and I'll pop it up as they're saying it because I'm a visual person so I will dig and find videos and footage and photos of them so anytime they mention something it will pop up not to the point where it's distracting it'll be here and there throughout the interviews but um just to do that so I do all the editing. I will creep on them, find all the pictures I want, put it all together, all three cameras. I'll like cut back and forth between them, wide shot me. Um, the microphone audio, as you should know, as a podcaster, is always Mm -hmm. so hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. So, um, you have to make sure the audio is good, but then also I have to match the audio from the microphone to to their lips, which is from the camera. So it's kind of hard to match those up, but I'll edit everything and then I'll post. So then the day I post, I will post like a teaser and then I'll post the full video on, on um, YouTube and Facebook. And then throughout the night, ne- I'll let it kind of simmer. And then throughout the next following days is when I'll post like the one to two minute clips.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's such a process. But I love that you're doing everything from start to finish, whether it's your own, obviously, wardrobe, hair, makeup, setting up the cameras, mm-hmm. lighting. Obviously, you're picking out your guests. You're able to actually be the person interviewing them hold an amazing mm-hmm. conversation. And then the hard job of post-production, putting everything together, yes. that alone is a job that people get paid big money to do. So exactly. I mean, I was listening to you say all of that. And I was thinking how many hours goes into, you know, one actual episode? Like, can you tangibly yeah. say it takes X one hour? Um.
0: Not really, because a lot of times I will kind of edit here and there, Um, like when I'm at my job at the food bank, and I'm sitting on the phones, and I'm just, because I I don't think I mentioned this, but I do work, um, I was part-time at the food bank during college to get extra money, and since COVID, I've been full-time, but anyways, I'll be on the phones, and I'll be like, waiting for people to answer, so while I'm on the phones at the food bank, I'll be scrolling through their social media, finding pictures and videos I can put in, mm-hmm. but actually, I just released my first episode back since COVID happened. I know it's still happening, but thankfully, yeah. there's not as many restrictions mm-hmm. where I'm at, um, and I recorded on a Friday, and then um, I was like, work hard, play hard. I am work full-time, and I do my sports with Leo full-time, so yes. I went to the lake on Saturday and had a, a lake day. I got there at, like, 10 in the morning and got back to my friend's house at like midnight. So I'm like, if I want to play hard, I need to work hard too. And I knew I wanted the episode to come out rather quick because um, it was with another local sports reporter who's a big name here in Wichita. Everyone loves him. Mm. So I'm like, I need this out ASAP. So I sat down all of Sunday doing it. And so it it took me like the whole day. And so um, I, I will probably spend like six to eight hours editing like between color correction of the videos of the way the because obviously, like, the cameras, you can get them looking perfect on camera, but as soon as you put it in your computer, you might need to adjust the lighting mm-hmm. a little bit, the colors. So between doing that, matching the lips to the audio, and then actually editing, it takes forever. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's lot. a lot, but yeah, it pays off. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: it's a lot. It pays off because, again, it looks like an amazing production when you watch it back. Like, you can tell there's a lot of love that goes into it, a lot of effort, although if you had asked me does one girl do this alone who just graduated college? I would have said no. I would have said no, there's a team doing this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I Thank mean, you. it's great work. I mean, again, even going back to what we started with, your Instagram feed itself is extremely well put together. So it Thank seems you. like you're not only able to do the technical work, you're also able to be engaging when you're talking to someone, but then again, the branding marketing part as well. So mm-hmm. your decision to go into business was, a great one because you're excelling. And, Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I guess my other question too is did you learn how to do all this post-production during school? Did you learn it from the fellow that's helping you do this? Was it just stuff you learned online?
0: Um, yeah, so like I mentioned how there wasn't really um, classes. Mm-hmm. It's like my major isn't sports broadcasting, so I don't take classes on how to edit and film or even work a camera. I got to do, um, I was, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, did hire one student reporter at every campus, and they gave me my camera when I got hired for it, and I was like, I don't know how to even turn this on, so a lot of it, so with the cameras for my show, Nathan, um, he's amazing, he's a great, um, I call him my little producer, so he's like um, great at working the camera, so I'm thankful he's there because from the technology standpoint of the cameras and the mics, he knows how to work it, I could probably figure it out if I needed to, but, mm-hmm. um, everything else I just would, would call people. I'd be like, Hey, how do you cut this? How do you do that? And then one mm-hmm. time my friend was over and he was, he's big into this kind of stuff too. And he saw the way I was editing. He goes, I've never seen someone do it like that. Like, why are you doing that? That's wasting so much time mm-hmm. because I would, it would, I don't know what I was doing and I don't know how, it's just like how I taught myself and it, it took up so much time. So he showed me how to actually cut footage instead of go back to the original and cut it there. I don't know what I was doing, but um, thankfully, a lot of people that are always down to help me, but it's not really something I ever learned in class,
1: so that Mm -hmm. kind of made it hard. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, teaching yourself anything, I think, is difficult. There needs to be a lot of motivation behind it. I think that it came from the fact that you wanted to put together this talk show, because without that, it maybe never Mm -hmm. would have been skills that you ever taught yourself, so You know, there's a lot of good that comes out of starting your own initiatives and projects. And I definitely highly recommend to anyone, if you want to start something, just do it. It'll always help you in the long run. Even if you don't know if your future job is going to have those skills in it, still a good asset. Employers love the fact that you can be a self-starter and that you're able Mm -hmm. to teach yourself. That is huge. So definitely highly recommend anyone who wants to start a podcast, you know, YouTube channel, whatever, do it. Do Mm -hmm. it as you can. Exactly. And the first one is going to be awful compared to
0: where you're at even a yeah. month or three months or a year. Like my first one looking back, I'm like, why was I like this? And yes. now I'm like, I've grown so much, but you're never going to be better unless you actually have a starting point. So mm-hmm. that's, I love that you bring that up.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I want to know what's the most rewarding part of your job being Definitely. a talk show host?
0: okay this is what I love and this just happened um it's happened before so the first guy I ever interviewed he's very quiet and that's why his brother in the first place wanted me to help get his name out he texted me after and he was like I learned things about him that I didn't even know and then so that was a year ago when I first had my first episode and then I just had the um, Wichita famous reporter on my show and his mom goes wow you got a lot of stuff out of him that I didn't even like think he would talk about or like, I haven't heard about him say that before. So I think the most rewarding part is really digging deep and having the person open up. Um, I love when someone says that they learned something new and someone that actually knows the person. Mm -hmm. So I think it's rewarding seeing the people that are close with the athletes or my interviewees say they learned something new. But then also I love when people had no clue who they were and feel like they've known them forever. So I think that's the most rewarding part is just being I always say this is I feel like I'm the bridge between the fans at home um, I'm not calling them my fans but like the fans of the game or the sport bridging that and the athletes or like the people involved in sports because a lot of times people in sports are seen as celebrities even if they're just even people players moms like players moms and dads will be like oh my gosh they're like celebrities and yeah because people love sports and so it always seems like an unattainable thing so being able to be the bridge between all of these high profile people in the sports industry and then the fans back home, if I can make them, the fans see that side of them, then that's really rewarding
1: to me. Yeah, for sure. No, it sounds amazing. I mean, it must have been the coolest thing doing that first interview and getting that first text. And it seems mm-hmm. like, getting, you know, a lot of reoccurring positive feedback as you release more and more episodes. So amazing. I love that. Um, Thank you. To wrap things up, I have a couple, um, I guess we can call them just, like, fast fire questions. Um, or oh, I love it. Questions. Okay. All yeah. right. They're all sports related, though. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, favorite sports movie?
0: Ooh, um, I like The Blind Side a lot just because, like, it came out. I, I know these are supposed to be quick answers, but I like The Blind Side yeah. just because it's a real story and yeah. great storyline.
1: Love that. Favorite pre-game meal? Ooh, Okay.
0: Um, so like for sports recording,
1: like before or like
0: before. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything that's pretty, um, like I'll like pasta or like Chipotle or something because I will not eat. They will always offer, um, meals for the media, but I just am so busy on game days. I do not eat because I'm talking to fans. I'm talking to athletes. I'm everywhere. Mm -hmm. So something that can get me from three o'clock in the afternoon till, 12 o'clock at night when I'm done with the yeah. like, post-game press, yeah. post press conferences. So anything yeah. that will just like keep me going.
1: Yes. So you I almost have it.
0: to carb load, like yes. more, like athletes carb loading. That's yeah. kind of what I have to do.
1: Exactly. And a good Chipotle is, you know, always on my list as well. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Favorite um, athlete that you've interviewed?
0: Oh, um, Russell Westbrook. Um, I didn't get to interview him one-on-one. Um, but I did get an interview, um, Ennis Cantor, he played for the Knicks. Um, he's an NBA player, he's still mm-hmm. he doesn't play for the Knicks anymore, but when yeah, yeah. I got to interview him when he was with the Knicks, so mm-hmm. um, he's the nicest guy, and I was kind of starstruck, because I'm like, he's a big name, He's a lot of people love him, so getting a one-on-one with him, I was like, whoa, okay.
1: Hey. So. <laughs> okay, if you could only wear one jersey the rest of your life, any sports team, any league, what would it be?
0: I'd have to go with a Knicks jersey um, even though I'll, their management isn't great and the team isn't great. I've been a Knicks fan since day one being from New York. Um, the franchise itself is the most one of the most recognizable ones so I would have to wear that. So I'd, I'd get it customized. I'd have like an 18 Duh. on the back for me so Duh. and Shell on the back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it and I my, my last question was going to be if you could have season tickets to any team I'm guessing it would be the Knicks that would be the answer. Probably the Knicks, but yeah. at the same time, I want to work for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have season
0: tickets for the Chiefs, um, mm-hmm. because I've my love for them has grown. Being a Kansas girl now, um, I wasn't born a Chiefs fan, like I was a Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be cool because they're Super Bowl chance now, and um, yes. so I am a fan of them because I would love. I would love season tickets at Madison Square Garden, but the goal is to try to work for them. So yes, hopefully I won't that. need a ticket in.
1: No, you're going to be there on the floor. Um, I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been amazing interviewing you. I cannot wait to see where your career takes you. I envision turning on my TV one day or being at Madison Square Garden and seeing you actually <laughs> reporting. That'll be awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And this was such a fun interview. I love the
0: concept of this podcast. So I'm super excited to be a part of it.
1: Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah. Visit
0: hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies
1: last. See online or in-store for details. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue
0: blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever.